you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com, thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, we're coming here with another great podcast. We certainly, certainly appreciate you tuning in. Be sure to put your hands around the neck of, no, don't do around the neck. Uh, put your arm around your friend, neighbor, relative. Tell them to subscribe to the show and say, please, for the love of God, join the family that loves you but doesn't judge you. So tell them to subscribe to the show. Go to iTunes. They can subscribe there. You can go to YouTube.com for us. Chris Voss. Goodreads.com for us. Chris Voss. And all the groups on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. All those crazy places those kids are playing. They have an amazing guest on the show. Uh, she's going to be talking to us about how she does it and uh, what she does. Lori Zoss. Kraska is on the show with us of Growth Owl LLC. She possesses over 22 years of experience in revenue generation management, corporate sponsorship support, corporate cause marketing, fundraising, corporate social responsibility, nonprofit consulting, executive sales management, training, and marketing strategy roles, earning her a reputation for established pathways quickly to exceeding revenue fundraising goals, building high-performance teams, and developing relationships quickly and outpacing expectations. Welcome to the show. Lori, how are you? I'm good, Chris. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for coming. We're so excited to have you. Give us your .com so people can find you on the interwebs, please. Yeah, you can find me at thegrowthowl.com. There you go. Very simple and easy. So uh, give us an overview of who you are and what you do. So Growth Owl LLC specifically works with nonprofits, associations, and other purpose-driven organizations to help them secure or find corporate funding, corporate sponsorship, or some sort of corporate partnership. So I specifically work in that lane of corporations. And the way I got to this point, because I've had my business since 2018, I spent just about 10 years in public media working with PBS and NPR stations doing the same thing. I had a team of people and myself that would go out and find sponsorship for the programming. A lot of people don't realize that local NPR and PBS stations are responsible for finding sponsorships for their programming. So that's what I did. And I absolutely loved it. I'm still a fan of PBS and NPR. I actually have some clients that are local stations. But I thought to myself, it would be great if I could take that success and put it into my own business and work with other types of nonprofits, associations, purpose-driven organizations to help them in front of corporations. Mm -hmm. And besides representing, I also offer lots of training. I can come in, I work with executive directors, presidents, I work with development teams to train them on how to effectively engage and get sponsorship dollars. I also do top talent recruitment. You know, it's, it's a tough market right now to find, you know, really good talent, right? So because it's really a candidate's market. So I've been helping other nonprofits, associations, purpose-driven organizations find people like me to work for them full-time as well. And then research. There's a lot of research involved to kind of help nonprofits that are really new to this corporate space. Is this something that I really want to do? What is the viability of it? Can you help me with that? So that's just a small menu 
of what I do with Growth Owl LLC. That's cool. Why did you call it Growth Owl? So I got to tell you, I've always loved owls. Mm -hmm. And if you think about all of the things people recognize with owls, their wisdom, they can turn their heads almost a complete 360, not quite. But a good consultant, I think, or advisor can look at things all around you and give you a really good perspective. Owls can also see in the dark. And that's something that I kind of like to say I do in my own consulting practice. I can take a look at things that seem a bit murky for clients mm -hmm. and make some clarity out of it. And then growth, growing revenue, because at the end of the day, no matter what I'm doing for the organization, we want to help them grow sponsorship revenue to help them with their bottom line. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Everyone wants to make more money. What is that all about? Well, you know, what's the owl about? Or what's it no, all about? the making more money. You know, is just doing a joke there. Uh, so, give us a bit of an origin story. What got you into this business and led you down this pathway? So, like I said earlier, I spent just about ten years in public broadcasting, and I'd like to say I really honed my craft in speaking with corporations. It's it's a different animal than, let's say, if you work for a nonprofit and you individually find funding from specific people, or you work with private foundations or you worked in planned giving, corporate sponsorship, corporate funding is a little bit different. You know, there's a bit of a different lingo to it. There's, it's a long game. You have to have some patience and relationship management is just key, getting to know these organizations and then getting to know you. So I have a really good understanding of that. And I just really wanted to build off of that to help all different types of organizations, not just the public broadcasters that I was used to uh, working with. Wow. What are some success stories that you, you, you maybe want to cite or tease out to us? Sure. So I will say that with many of my clients, I do sign non-competes, uh, or not non-competes, but non-disclosure, but I could be pretty much, I could be general. So I've worked with small two-person nonprofits that work in the marine animal space. And they were looking for some corporate sponsorship and, and we were able to do that. And that was just with somebody with, with two people. I also work with multi-million dollar nonprofits that have national and international footprints that are helping people, animals, places, things all around the world and help them better leverage themselves with corporations. You know, some of the organizations I work with they were successful to a point, but they couldn't get past like a threshold number to bring in dollars or just start partnerships. Mm -hmm. So someone like me can come in and just kind of, you know, tailor it a little bit, just kind of rehone what they're doing. Sometimes it's just a small tweak that can be the difference between six or seven figures coming into your organization. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's just that little thing that yeah. once you pull it out, it's kind of like a it's kind of like, a, what was the old thing about the tiger and the needle in his paw or whatever? You just pull that out. All right. That'd be it. Exactly. It's amazing. You know, sometimes it's like, it's kind of like a combination safe. You're sitting there twisting all the dials and you're trying to, and you just have to get that right, you know, dial setting and, you know, left or whatever, you know. It's, it's, yeah, it's, you know, I tell people corporations are like people. They're read mm -hmm. by people and they're all very different and unique. So someone like me can come in and help them quickly assess the organization that they're looking to potentially get sponsorship or funding from, and then give them kind of a pathway to how I think they'd be successful in engaging them. You know, there are companies that are very strict and very conservative on how they like to be, how they like to be contacted. Other companies are much more loose. And when you get on a Zoom, there is a CEO that's in a t-shirt and jeans and 
So you have to just kind of figure out the corporation that you're reaching out to and find the style that they respond to because they're not all alike. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, every, I imagine every corporation is different, right? Absolutely. Kind of has culture and absolutely yeah from from top down and like i said there are some organ corporations that like to be contacted more formally sometime a letter of engagement sometime a formal email while others they're very easy to engage a simple linkedin message hey let's have a virtual chat virtual coffee for 15 minutes let's even see if there is a a interest here between the two parties so mm-hmm. we engage people very differently and corporations very differently yeah. So you work with nonprofits. Sometimes that's a, that's a hard space sometimes to work in, especially given their budgets. What are, what are some things that you, you help nonprofits uh, with? Well, I like to say I help all sizes of nonprofits. Like I mentioned earlier, a small nonprofit with two people. Mm-hmm. Versus some of the much larger nonprofits I work with that, again, have international footprints to them. When I come into a situation, sometimes you're right. You know, sometimes they just don't have the budget for someone like me, but I have no problem giving a couple of nuggets, you know, in a, in a consulting call just because of the good work they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for larger organizations, I can do anything from, again, representing them to in front of a corporation, actually taking them from making a phone call or a Zoom call to proposal to actually per se closing the deal that sounds kind of salesy but i think you know what i mean yeah the funding that you You got to close right and then i also have clients that just say you know Lori, all i need is for you to get me in the door can you get me in the door and i'll take it from there so i have clients where we do that i also love to do training it's one of my favorite things to do whether it be coming in one day i take a you know take a flight out to whomever wherever and we do a one day intensive of how do we do this? What is the right messaging to get corporations interested in what we're doing? Mm-hmm. And what is the process or a much longer training where we actually build in some coaching and mentoring sessions as well? And so I like to say that there is something for all sizes to work with when working with me. Definitely. You do public media broadcasting consulting as well. Yeah. Uh, tell us about that. Are you PBS and NPR value propositions and stuff? Yeah, so I work with a few local stations uh, throughout the United States, and I help them in areas like how do you manage their outbound salespeople in public media? It's not called sales. It's called corporate support or underwriting. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that go out and find the sponsorship for the programming that's on the air. So I can help manage them remotely. I also can help provide, put together a strategy, a corporate support strategy for the stations to give them a sense of how much they can expect in terms of viability in their market to Mm -hmm. stay in corporate support. And then basic, you know, basic training. Sometimes I'll just go into a market or we'll do a Zoom training on sales skills, on prospecting, on how do you leverage your LinkedIn space to get more Mm -hmm. people speaking with you. So, and uh, also do some research for public media stations as well. And as of late, been doing some recruitment too for development folks. Yeah. Developments, uh, recruitment's like something else these days. I mean, it's just everywhere I go, everyone's hiring, you know, which is interesting because we're even starting (laughs) a recession right now and starting to see some layoffs. So the job market hopefully will open. But I think the recent thing that came from the labor department the last day or two is that they're 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 broke pretty full with stuff. You know, Chris, I like to say that if you can associate yourself with a revenue line, 
or associate yourself with bringing money into the organization, that's a pretty good position to be in during a recession. Mm-hmm. And then you do speaking as well. So you uh, do regular speaking panelists. Uh... I do. Yeah, I love. I've worked. I've done speaking engagements at various conferences for public media, for associations, for universities. I speak on generating corporate sponsorship. I speak on the DEI and sustainability space in terms mm-hmm. of corporations being very interested and engaged in working with nonprofits and associations that hit those areas that they can mm-hmm. get involved in. And I also do speaking around being a female entrepreneur and being an entrepreneur in general. And there's always ups and downs, but I absolutely love it. And I am an advocate for starting your own business. So I'd love to talk about that as well. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of, there was a lot of people who started their own business when coronavirus hit and now it's going to hit. And we had like a record number of people that went out and started their own business got business licenses. I know there's a record number of people that got into podcasting, which I always right. find is funny. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just extraordinary. I think, I think literally there's only like 2% of good podcasts out there. And, you know, cause I've been, I've been touring around or trying to tour around with my book and doing podcasts on them. Yeah. I'm really stickative about who I do podcasts with because I want the, I want the media to be up there in a year. Absolutely. <laughs> right. I mean, we've actually had like top book authors, guys who were on like, top shows for TV that I was checking their media to, to watch their interviews before. And then like the people end up paid their GoDaddy bill for a recent podcast they're on. And I'm like, are you oh, serious? Geez. Like, like <laughs> they're, you're out of business already and you've got oh, top no. talent on your show. And it's, it was it's just crazy to me, but I imagine that with the, you know, coming uh, recession that we're going to go through over the next one to two years, we're going to have the, uh, Lots more people going into business because they're going to have to because of layoffs and the economy is going to cool a bit. Probably have more people getting into podcasting. <laughs> it's always fun to me that, that people call me up after being on the show. They go, I really love being on the show. I really love, I really, love, you make it seem so easy. And I'm like, well, I've been doing it for 12 years. Yeah. And they, they go, I'm going to do a podcast. And I'm like, okay, well, have fun with that. Right, and they'll right. call me later and they go, this is really hard. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, you know, speaking about business and teaching people business, how to do business, you know, I mean, sometimes uh, this, these are the times that create a lot of people who need to go start their own companies. That's right. Absolutely. And, so, and usually sometimes the best innovative times that come out of these periods. Yeah, it really forces you to be creative. And I think the best advice that I got, because I spoke to a lot of people who had started their own businesses before I did. And the consistent advice that I got was, don't be afraid to try new things. Yeah. And also realize that what your business looks like year one, if you're doing it right, it's going to look different in the next four years. And they're right. Yeah. So, you know, you can't be afraid of change and you've got to try new things and you can't stay stuck in your ways to be successful. That's very, that's true. Because, you know, a lot of people, and I talked about this in my book, a lot of people will get a business model. Sometimes it's successful. Sometimes it won't. They'll run that thing into the yeah. ground over a course of, you know, months to years and they won't adjust. You know, they're That's like, right. oh, this works. We, hey, we just got to keep doing it. And, and we're just probably hitting a spot. And it's like, no, you constantly have to adjust the market adjusts, the, the, the industry adjusts, mm-hmm. your vendors adjust, your supply chains as we've learned. Adjust. Right. That's right. You know? It's that definition of insanity, right? 
Yeah. I mean, I never thing over and over and expecting the same result. You can't. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing. I used to, I used to do a lot of first right refusals on companies that were going bankrupt and being like, call me, but don't call me right before you go to the, or before you're dead. (laughs) <laughs> and they would always call right before they were dead. Make me exercise that first right refusal. And I'm like, no, you're you're at the door. You, you know, I told you I needed, I needed you. I had the moment now. But you know, it's funny. They're like, well, we thought you could save it, and I'm like, I could save it, but you can't save it. Because <laughs> you're the problem, right? Uh, and they they never liked it when I would have to say, you know, we'll take over the company and give you some locking money, but we're going to save your credit, save probably save your marriage, but you have to go because you are the problem. Uh-huh. They never like that, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's what, what can you do? We saved a few people. What are some other things that you talk about? What are some other topics? I think I see here on your website, you have a whole list of stuff. Yeah. So outside of, you know, some of the things like I mentioned with DEI and sustainability, corporate sponsorship, I love talking about entrepreneurship and, you know, also just talking about staying motivated. You know, sometimes that's that's hard to do, especially if you hit rough times or you're in a slump. So I, I really like to talk about the power of perseverance, the power of positive thinking. I think those all go a very long way. I'm a definite believer in what you put out there comes back to you. I think there's a reason some people kind of walk around with a cloud over their head sometimes, you know, and I, it's not a perfect world by any means. And, and, and tough things do happen, but how you react to that really is your, your test of perseverance and, and how you can, you know, keep keep moving forward. So I love to talk about those things. You know, you talk in your front page about connecting purpose-driven organizations to revenue and resources. Can you give us like an example or, or a, kind of touching on what a purpose-driven organization is? Yeah, so a purpose-driven organization is, is an organization. It's not necessarily a nonprofit. It could be a startup. It could mm-hmm. be a for-profit startup. I love working with startups. I love working with young entrepreneurs who are kind of new to everything. And with startups, a lot of the times what I find is you've got some amazing genius people behind some amazing concepts, but their issue, and I'm not telling tales out of school, this is what they come to me about, this is what they say, they're not exactly the most effective communicators to kind of give that elevator pitch or to communicate it right away. What I find is that startups, uh, founders, they get really, really in the weeds and into the details sometimes that you just start to lose people. So my job, especially working with startups of purpose-driven organizations, is to kind of help clarify and bring some brevity to what it is that they're trying to achieve Mm -hmm. and then help communicate that to potential corporations or potential funders. So they have just enough understanding that they want to know more. I think the issue with a lot of startups is that they try to throw too much information at once in an initial meeting and you just start to lose people, especially when it's a a corporate contact. So I work on the communication front with a lot of these startup founders on how do you really put together a really good message to craft that's going to resonate and give just enough to get that second meeting. Yeah. It's, it's it, building companies is hard, man. It's, it, I think, I think it's like podcasting. People don't realize that it's much, uh, it's much harder than you realize. And it's much more complex. Like people are just like, I need to start a company and you're just the boss. Yeah. And you know, I've learned that you have to ask for help. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I, and I still am kind of the type of person. I'm very type A. I like to do everything myself. Right. 
Mm-hmm. But there are things that I realized in my business I needed to let go and let other people do it. And I'm so glad that I did because it's it's freed up more time for me to do the things that I really like, the client-based stuff. But also there are also larger things where you need to bring in industry experts. Mm-hmm. So I might know a little to be dangerous, but letting go and letting people that know what they're doing it's, it's from an industry standpoint to help you is essential. And I find that those are the people that are really successful. They're not afraid to ask for help and they get it. Yeah, most definitely. What are some other aspects of how you do and what you do that we haven't touched on? So, you know, something that's become, I don't want to say popular, but I think that's something that's become really relevant, especially since the pandemic, is how we connect with people, whether corporate decision maker who is a chief development officer, or if you're trying to get a venture capitalist. The role of social media, especially something like LinkedIn, has mm-hmm. become essential. Yeah. To put, to give some perspective for you, you know, before the pandemic, when I was doing work on behalf of nonprofits and associations, and I was connecting with corporations, mm-hmm. I would get a lot of responses via email. Mm-hmm. Now, not so much. I'm doing a lot more connecting and having very brief conversations via LinkedIn. Yeah. And then taking those messages and those conversations offline, either off of LinkedIn and going on to Zoom or to a much, you know, or something in person. So it's very interesting how the platform of how I'm contacting people and how others are contacting people has really started to shift to this focus on professional social media like LinkedIn. You know, there's even businesses now, there's business strategies around TikTok, which, you know, initially to me, I'm like, TikTok for business. And and then the more I looked into it, I'm like, wow, there's something here. So again, going back to, you know, you have to adapt and try new things. So I think that's something that's really changing my business. And then also that I offer to clients is kind of a consult. Mm. You know, what's kind of something that we can take the dust off of and try something new in terms of how you're contacting potential funders. Mm-hmm. You know, the the LinkedIn has really come into its own, especially it really with the LinkedIn newsletter. I love that thing. Yeah. Uh, ours is just growing all the time and yeah. the, the eyeballs it gets. The LinkedIn group, of course, years ago, you know, I used to be one of the top 1% on LinkedIn search for. Right. I think I know, like the first 10 years or something. And then built the group from zero to 122,000 over there. It, LinkedIn has just been really nice. It, it hit a hiccup for a while when Microsoft bought it up and yeah. kind of screwed it around a little bit. But it's finally come out of its funk. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really a place to be. And it's just not for recruiting so much anymore, although it kind of leans heavy that way. But it, it's good for business. The new audio thing. Have you gotten any of those LinkedIn audio rooms? I haven't gotten a chance to get in on yet. No, I haven't. No. Yeah. I mean, Clubhouse was very good for business that way. And it was kind of a blip on the screen, kind of a uh, lockdown app, if you will. But then it kind of, you know, there's a lot of personal stuff on there, and which kind of yeah. negated it. You know, a lot of people that were doing different things that were, you know, and, and the, I mean, some people just weren't good people on it. Let's put it that way. Weren't the best people, you know, they host rooms and not the best people. So, you know, with LinkedIn, hopefully, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I've been trying bugging them, trying to get on it, but yeah, LinkedIn's definitely a way. Anything you want to touch on before we go out about who you are, what you do? Well, you know, going back to LinkedIn for a second, because I think mm-hmm. this is an important point. Mm-hmm. The whole balance with LinkedIn is how do you balance wanting to make a connection with someone 
to tell them about how excited you are about something that you have a feeling they're going to like with not being salesy. That's the biggest thing. I think what's great about LinkedIn is that people will call you out if they think you're being way too salesy. Yeah. You know, I've also, I've been, I get prospected every day with a LinkedIn in message. Hey, this is the latest thing. We can get leads for you. Leads, 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 leads. leads. Right. So it's very important that if you're doing work like I do, or if you're a nonprofit and you're trying to engage with higher level of folks and corporations that controls funding and sponsorship money, you keep your messages very brief hmm. and very, you know, just very, hey, I'd love to hear more about what you're doing with your mission, vision, and values. I think there's a connection here. Would love to have a 15-minute virtual coffee, you know? Mm -hmm. Just keep it very soft, not salesy at all, and just kind of let the, the relationship and the process kind of unfold. Don't get too aggressive. It's like asking to, you know, asking to marry someone on the first date. And, and we don't want to do that, right? Wait, <laughs> that's a bad. Wait, that's a bad thing. Explain <laughs> my first nine marriages. So, anyways, I just wanted to mention that about LinkedIn because I see so much on LinkedIn where it's a very aggressive messaging. Where actually, if you're just take it back, keep the message brief, and just talk about the mission, vision, and value connection, that's a great place mm -hmm. to start. Yeah, it definitely is. It's it's a heck of a place. But yeah, you definitely will probably want to consult with someone like you on how to do it without destroying and alienating your whole base. Because that's right. When people <laughs> when people approach me wrong, and it's it's awful, I just I lose the connection, delete the thing, so they can't keep contacting me. And I'm like, right. bye. Yeah. It's kind of like exactly. if you I don't know you ask a girl on a date or give her a bad line, she just goes bye, done, never again. That's you right, Chris. You blew it, which is the story of my dating life. Actually, oh, like, no. that's another show, right, Chris? That's another. That's another show. We we'll have the dating coach on for that. Oh, no, that's good. Well, it's been wonderful to have you on. We certainly appreciate it, Lori. Give me your dot com so people can find you on the interwebs again. Sure, it's thegrowthowl.com. dot com. Mm -hmm. There you go. Guys, be sure to check it out. Thank you, Laurie, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And thanks so much for tuning in. Go to youtube.com forward slash Chris Foss. Hit the bell notification button. Go to goodreads.com forward slash Chris Foss. See everything we're reading and reviewing over there. All of our groups on Facebook, LinkedIn. Like I said, join the big LinkedIn newsletter and the big LinkedIn group over there. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time.